thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. You're listening to The Healthy Shift Worker with your host, Audra Starkey. Hello and welcome to the Healthy Shift Worker podcast. My name is Audra Starkey and I'm here to help you to become the healthiest versions that you possibly can be despite working 24-7. So, alrighty, today's topic is going to be all about fatigue because let's face it, if you work shift work, it is definitely a huge part of our existence uh, or, you know, when we work irregular hours. And look, there are many, many, many facets to it. But of course, that sleep or lack of sleep or sleep disruption, you know, really plays a massive uh, part of this fatigue. It is what it is, though. You know, we have to thank our crazy uh, and irregular rosters uh, for that. Um, but it's, yeah, it, it, it is what it is. So we kind of got to work with it the best way that we can. So for those of you who have read my recently published book, Too Tired to Cook, you will know that sleep preservation and restoration forms a major underlying theme of my book. Because the thing is, I think when it comes to fatigue, too many of us are relying on such, you know, things such as pills and supplements and medications and caffeinated beverages to kind of keep perking us up. But a lot of these things can end up potentially make us feel worse, specifically, you know, the caffeinated um, medications um, and beverages, of course, because they fire up our nervous systems even more, you know, putting us um, in that tired and wired um or basically putting our body clock into a continual fight or flight state, which can have, you know, so many side effects later down the track. It's all right to have this short-term exposure, but the chronic fight or flight stress response is not great. And and weight gain is is one of those uh, things that can occur as well, but I'll, I'll save that for a different podcast, although I have, you know, spoken briefly about it um, before. So the, the big part, focus that I kind of wanted to talk about in today's uh, podcast when it comes to fatigue is to really strip things back a little bit and focus more on ways to optimize our circadian rhythms, which is really just a fancy way to say our our natural body clock uh, and to help to kind of reset it and recalibrate it as quickly as possible. Because doing this is actually going to help to reduce your feelings of fatigue and help you to bounce back, for a better word, or bounce as much as we can from that disruptive roster. Because our whole biochemistry is actually run by the natural light and dark cycle. It plays a key role uh, when it comes to the production of certain hormones that have to do with energy and wakefulness, amongst many other things. So how do we actually do this? How do we optimize our circadian rhythms or reset our body clocks as quickly as possible? Because we know that they get very disrupted when we work shift work. Well, we need to be working more with Mother Nature because our circadian rhythms and ultimately our energy levels and our overall health are dictated by the rise and fall of the sun. 
In the scientific literature, this is referred to as circadian medicine, and it's really starting to gain enormous, um, I guess, focus in the uh, in the area um, of research when it comes to our health and well-being because it, it, it just plays such a, a massive impact on so many facets to our health, as I alluded to before, in the production of certain hormones and so forth. So it, as I said, it really just is a form of circadian medicine because we need to appreciate that we are diurnal creatures, meaning we're meant to be awake during the day and asleep at night. So a nocturnal pers- uh, creature or animal really is the opposite of that. They they sleep during uh, most of the day and they're awake during the uh, the night. But as human beings, we're opposite to that. And of course, you know we know uh, you know we we work against those that natural um, uh, diurnal kind of um, cycle that we're meant to be doing purely because of our rosters so as i said you know a lot of us are relying on pills and medications etc and i'm certainly not here to judge anyone Um, please understand that but i think we're forgetting to get back to the basics and take into consideration our natural environment which has been exclusively made for us by by mother nature So there are essentially four circadian cues or disruptors. Uh, Fancy way or terminology is actually referred to as Zietgeibers. That's a German word. But basically these circadian cues basically send signals to your brain that it is daytime, meaning it's time to be awake, active, alert and energetic. So when you implement these, these four circadian cues, which include light, movement, temperature and nutrition, they are going to help to either boost your energy and wakefulness or make you feel even worse or or make you feel worse, especially if undertaken at incorrect times. So I want to give you five examples of, of some of these circadian cues. And the first one is light and getting more morning sunlight. That is sunlight within the first 30 minutes of waking up. Now, of course, this is all going to be dependent on what shift you're doing. But remember, we're not at work all of the time. We, Of course, we spend a lot of time there, but we're not at work all of the time. So in these strategies that I suggest to you, they are ones that you are going to, you know, not be able to do it when you're at work necessarily. Some of them you will, but certainly when you're not at work, these are the strategies that you can implement uh, into your day-to-day lifestyle. So number one, when it comes to light, is getting more sunlight because sunlight within that first 30 minutes of waking up is an absolute brilliant strategy, especially for the day after people that may have been on night shift. But it also applies, you know, to everyone because when sunlight enters our eyes, it sets off a whole cascade of hormones boosting uh, things like cortisol and serotonin and even being exposed to the warmer temperature triggers wakefulness. So 
when we get up in the morning and if we're at home and we just stay indoors for the first few hours, it's going to make us feel sluggish. So getting outside, as I said, within that first half an hour is really going to help to wake you up. And there was even a study published in the Obesity Facts Journal, I think back in 2013, which showed morning light exposure reduced body fat and BMI, which is the body mass index, by influencing appetite-regulating hormones. So it's a bit of a win-win. So instead of reaching for that multiple cups of coffee first thing in the morning, which or, or caffeine, you know, which I know a lot of us, a lot of us do, look at replacing it with that 15 to you know to 30 minutes of, of sun exposure, the longer that you, that you can. Because it's going to help to wake up the brain and give you more energy. Even if you're at work and just you just do 10 to 15 minutes of sun exposure first in the morning, it's going to help. So it's perfect for those who may be on early shifts, say you start at 4am. So if you can, duck out to see the sunrise. And look, I know that this is not always going to be possible depending on where you work, what you do, but do it when you can because we're not designed to be sitting inside under a roof and between four walls all day, every day. It's it's going to naturally make us feel fatigued. That's besides, you know, we're not even taking into the lack of sleep factor as well. Also getting more natural light during the day as a whole is also another great strategy because daytime natural light exposure is critical for enhancing serotonin production, which leads to a stronger surge in melatonin production, our sleep regulating hormone at night. In other words, being indoors all of the time leads to fatigue because it ends up impairing our sleep quality, which is not ideal when you're already running on limited amounts of it. So when you're not at work, this is easy, of course. Um, But when you are, try and duck out for a sneaky dose of sunlight therapy, as I like to call it, to help reduce your fatigue and then ultimately help with your sleep later on. So that was number one, about getting more morning sunlight and also more natural light during the day. The second thing I wanted to talk about was from a movement perspective when it comes to our circadian cues. And, and if we can, exercise and move more during daylight hours. And again, this is because we're, as human beings, we're primed to do exercise during the day. Remember, we're not uh, nocturnal creatures. We're, we are diurnal. But of course, I'm definitely, definitely not referring to straight after night shift. Post-night shift, you should be going straight to bed after a night shift, not going out you know to a gym or you know being really social after night shift which I know a lot of us can do but your brain and body is physically exhausted and tired from being awake during the night so the first thing that you should be doing is going to bed after night shift so activity uh, during daylight hours though is another one of those circadian cues it sends a signal to your brain that it is time to be awake active, alert, and energetic, which is what we want, isn't it, when it comes to reducing that fatigue. There was even a study published in the Physiology and Behavioural Journal that showed uh, 10 minutes of walking up and down stairs at a regular pace was more likely to make participants feel energised than consuming 50 milligrams of caffeine, which is equivalent to about a can of soda. So 
that's a bit of a win-win situation there because we're not giving that caffeine boost, which adds stress to our body, which can then end up causing us to gain weight. Um, But when we do a little bit of exercise like that up and down some stairs, not only is it going to energize you, but it's also going to help with your waistline as well. The third thing that I wanted to talk about is another movement strategy. Uh, And this one really is about finding ways to stand more and sit less. Because when we sit, we're essentially sending rest signals to our brain that it's time to relax and sleep. So the more that you sit and not move, the more the more your brain is getting that it's night time and it's time to be asleep signal. Uh, so it's sending that message to your brain that is going to want it to help you to go to sleep, which is why we want to, you know, often when we're sitting for so long at a desk, we tend to want to fall asleep. Again, particularly if we've been up some crazy, uh, you know, times of the day or night. On the flip side, the more that you stand, the more that you're enhancing that daytime signal to your brain, which will encourage wakefulness and therefore reduce your fatigue. So if you have a desk job uh, or you tend to be sitting a lot in your job, then that one is specifically for you to try where you can to stand more and sit less. The fourth one I want to mention is actually refer getting back to the light circadian cue again is to focus on ways to break your night owl, ha- night owl habits and behaviours, especially if you have an early shift the next day. Because we can do this by minimising, of course, the time spent on electronic devices at night because light and darkness send completely different messages to our brain. Light cues to the brain that we need to be awake, alert, active, and in energy mode. Whereas when we're in our, when we're in darkness, it, it sends signals to the brain that it's tired or it's trying to be tired and put you into sleep mode. So the thing is, when when we when I'm referring to these night hour habits and behaviours in our modern day environment, it really is encouraging us to become night owls because we've got so much ongoing indoor light exposure, house lighting, TVs, phones, computers, etc. So this way, if you can start focusing on your on optimizing your own micro environment, what's happening in your home, uh, you know, this is things that you can do that you do have some control over. So breaking these night owl sleep sabotaging behaviours such as, you know, being on your mobile phones uh, and being on the TV or being on the computers, you know, continually because that's sending, you know, that that blue light into our eyes, sending a signal to our brain that it's daylight, you're not going to be sleeping anytime soon. But if you can... So, uh, you know, stop using all these electronic devices, you know, at least one to two hours before bed and then going to bed if you can, even just one hour earlier, it's also going to kind of help provide you with some more more sleep and, and obviously then have a positive flow and effect to your energy levels as well. And then number five, lastly, I want to talk about nutrition, something that I've talked about often, um, and that's to be mindful of when and how much you're eating, because this can also disrupt our circadian rhythms, as well as the shift work itself. And I think most people aren't really aware of this. They don't put that two and two together, because when you eat during the night, again, that's almost sending a signal or does not almost it sends signals to your brain that it is daylight so 
you know, that it, it, it will basically uh, wake you up, but it can then, uh, you know, disrupt your ability to sleep later on. Because our, our body is not primed to receive food during the night. It just isn't. It's kind of just how we've evolved as human beings. The actual process of eating also diverts all of the blood away from our brain to help with the digestive process, which can that alone can make us feel tired. And there was actually a study published in the Australian Nursing and Midwifery Journal that actually measured driver alertness by looking at food intake during the night and how participants performed in a driving simulator at the end of their night shift. They compared having a snack versus having a main meal or not eating at all during the night and how this affected their level of alertness So after their, when they were due to drive home after night shift. The snack or smaller meal won hands down when it, come, when it came to driver alertness and, and the reduction of fatigue. So those who ate a main meal during the night, though, that had the bigger meals during the night, showed greater levels of fatigue with impaired performance of slower reaction times, difficulty sticking to the speed limit and staying in their lane, uh, and a higher likelihood of crashing. So this was all done in a driving simulator. They also demonstrated that they were much sleepier, more restless, more angrier, and even suffered greater gastric upset, which, of course, is going to exasperate those feelings of fatigue. So when it comes to boosting fatigue, especially when working 24-7, it's really, really easy to go straight for the pills and potions and energy drinks. You know, I get it. I, I know I've, you know, I've been there, I've done that. But I think we need to, you know, get back to working with Mother Nature more as much as we can because Mother Nature usually gets it right. Um and, you know, use her to help reset or recalibrate those circadian rhythms or that, that sleep-wake cycle as often as possible because we need to appreciate that our energy levels and ultimately our health is dictated by that rise and fall of the sun. So when we work with our circadian cues or those zeitgeibers to help send signals to our brain that it's time to be awake, alert, active and in energy mode, or when we need to be tired and go into sleep mode, it's going to have a massive impact on your fatigue and energy levels, especially when working 24-7. Those circadian cues, again, include things like light, movement, temperature, and nutrition. So when used appropriately and at the correct times, they will go a long way in helping to support your body by helping to reduce those feelings of fatigue. The light, as I mentioned, is getting more sunlight, sorry, getting more morning sunlight in the mornings and also getting plenty of sunlight during the daytime when you can. Of course, that's not going to apply if you're trying to sleep during the day, but, but when you're not, you know, making a conscious effort to get outside more will definitely help to reduce your fatigue. Exercising and moving more during the daylight hours because that's what we're primed to do. Standing more and sitting less will also help to uh, reduce that level of fatigue. Breaking your night owl habits and behaviours, uh, you know, especially if you have an early shift the next day, you know, this is a big one. I think it's too many of us are overestimating just how much time we're spending on our electronic devices and especially going, um, you know, just before bed, def you know, Facebook and Netflix and Instagram, all of that stuff can wait until the next day. You know, it really can cut into some valuable sleep time for you. And lastly, nutrition. It's all about being mindful of when and how much you're eating because honestly, 
this does also play a huge impact on your energy levels. It can either, when used correctly with better timing, smaller portions, it really can help to enhance your energy and reduce your fatigue. So that's it for today's uh, podcast. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I hope you learned something and I hope you found it helpful. Uh, please, if there's a particular topic or a guest that you'd like uh, for me to invite on the show, please reach out and send me a message at audra at healthyshiftworker.com. Uh, and also, if, if you like the episode, it's always great to you know get some reviews or comments through iTunes because, again, that really is going to help my podcast reach more people uh, both here in Australia and all around the world. So that's it for the podcast. Until next time, may you be as healthy as you possibly can be despite working 24-7. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.